Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Wizards of Dribble podcast, where sensibly we've decided to record before the game, safe in the knowledge that the lads will take care of business on Monday night. We've all got Sané on our fantasy teams though. Instead, we're looking at the season with a bit of a broader lens than our usual post-match chat. We look at what's gone wrong, what's gone right, and your questions as we attempt to clamber out the relegation zone tomorrow against Man City. Speaking of things that experience unhappy trips from Manchester to Stoke, Ben Cartwright is here. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. I, yeah, hopefully there'll be a lot of unhappy Mancunians on Monday night. I'm sure there will be. I don't, I don't know why I said hopefully. Good. And he's got the political idealism of Pep Guardiola, but we all know he's backed by dirty oil money. It's Chris Browner. <laughs> uh, that is uh, 100% fact. I have nothing, nothing else to add to that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely true. I am nothing to hide. Hypocritical on human rights issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, that's that's some motivation going into Monday night, uh, taking down the uh, the Arabs and all their bad practices. Um, but this podcast isn't going to be about that game because. It, the game hasn't happened yet, so there's very little in the way of match action to talk about at this stage. Now, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you may already know what happened in that match. In which case, we could pretend like we have we know what's happened in the match. Chris, what, what, what do you make of that game? Poor, bloody oh, hell. I, I, uh, didn't, see, didn't see that coming. No, but it's what we've said all season, isn't it, Dave? You know, they... Uh... We we just we yeah we just need to get a win and stuff and yeah it either did or didn't happen and if it uh, and if it didn't happen we knew it was coming and if it did God can you can you oh, I didn't even think that had happened yeah I think it could have used more Bojan the game anyway <laughs> even though we got the result we did I think yeah. Bojan would have made a real difference to us and I tell you what Charlie Adam was shy as well wasn't he <laughs> and Berahino hasn't scored still <laughs> sorry. That's true, and and I think the whole the whole experience would have been improved if uh, we could start using um, debit cards at the uh, stadium. <laughs> I, the, yes. the one surprising thing was um, Kevin Vimmer running around the pitch like an antelope. He covered every single blade of grass at well, least three times. I th- Incredible! I thought it was really weird that moment where Kevin Vimmer tried to emulate that West Ham fan and stole the corner flag and tried to plant it <laughs> in the middle. That was weird, weren't it? <laughs> mm. But uh, I thought the ref was crap as well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- there's your post-match discussion. You know, feel free to... We'll, we'll probably edit out the bits that didn't really happen and then uh, keeping the bits that did. Um no, like I said at the start, this is uh, taking kind of a broader approach to Stoke season. Uh, and my first kind of note I've got down here is, why are we in this mess? Uh, it's either a very long, complicated question, or it's a very, very simple one. Uh, Chris, I'm interested to know what approach you take with it. Um, I don't think it is a simple one, uh, because I think it comes down to well one or two things I think we're in this mess this season mainly because we didn't get rid of Mark Hughes at the end of last season I think overall we are in this position because it's already, it, it, 
I want to say because of complacency at a board level. Not in the sense that they have been really, really awful and not put any cash up for us to invest in the squad, but I think in an era where the the market has inflated so much, our board have been unwilling to, to rise with that, which is admirable in many respects, but I think it has kind of left us trying to play a little bit wheeler-dealer in the market, trying to operate in a model that maybe is a few years out of date, and as a result, playing staff-wise, we've not really been able to move forward as such. I mean, granted, we've got some very, very talented players, but so has every other team in the league. I think, as well, then, combined with the fact that, coaching-wise, we've really, really struggled, especially under Mark Hughes. We lacked advancements on the pitch. Um, Then we are in a bit of a... We're in this situation due to just complacency all round, really. Complacency and and caution, which are two things that... Mm. I don't know. They they go hand in hand. Mm. I think building on the complacency thing that the phrase that I'd sort of put it towards, put our failures towards, is just a lack of foresight. I think it's an incredible lack of foresight from so many people within the club, and I think it's probably the reason why so many different teams in the Premier League are, are struggling because it's an awful season, and it's because, mm-hmm. like Stoke, in our position, I think we had players or have players like your Adams your Shawcrosses and your Whelans, who and, and Crouch, um, who were all part of this spine of a good team, of a good, solid team. They all played their part and they were all good players back in their day. But there was never a point um, in the last couple of years when we sort of took stock and thought, right, we might need to replace Glenn Whelan here. Who's, who's going to come in and replace Glenn Whelan? Right, Shawcross is getting old. He might be a club legend and fair play. That's, that's fantastic. It's so good that he's spent his whatever years at the club but we need a replacement, and and obviously we sort of found a replacement in him in in certain aspects from Bruno Martins Indy, but then it hasn't happened for him this season. But anyway, I think at this level of the game, there definitely needs to be a rotation. And and although it's great to be committed to these players, I think sometimes it's important to be like, right, that was then, this is now. Let's think about the future. You look at Man City's team. You look at Tottenham's team. And all the other successful teams. So they've all got young mm-hmm. players. Our only young player is Ramadan Sobi, who's not even playing under Lambert because he doesn't suit his system, is Lambert's words. But why is there not other players like Sobi in different positions learning? You've got Tom Edwards coming in this season and playing a couple of times, obviously not being able to do it when you've got Glenn Johnson and Phil Barsley sort of rotting on the bench last season. It, it it's, just, it's just such a shame. And I think... Myself personally as well, and I think a lot of people um, a couple of years ago, I was sat there thinking, this is the greatest time ever to support Stoke. We're going to be in this league for years to come. We've got a great team with exciting players and and it's gone to pot so quickly. But I think that's because all these players were on the verge of, or a lot of our sort of key players were on the verge of coming to an end. And and that's happened now and we're stuck in this position where we've brought in Darren Fletcher as our saviour and we've, (laughs) we've brought in, haven't brought in a striker. Yeah. It, mm. It's it, there's. I just think that why, why is there? And it, it's a it's a problem with the bloody whole world as well. You look at governments as well. Is my big <laughs> issue. But there's no one. There's no one above everything. Being like, what's the next big problem? Let's just sort out Brexit now. Hang about. What about ten years time when the world's boiling because of climate change? No one's thinking about that. 
it's the same as Stoke. There's no foresight into thinking what is our problem down the line. It's just now, 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 and it's we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's the longest time I've ever spent monologuing on Wizard Drivel well, ever. But I loved every second of it. No, I, I, com- I completely agree with uh, with what Ben's saying. I think that yeah, it's a it comes down to a lack of um, foresight, both in a playing sense and a club development sense. Now, I think obviously we put we have put money into the academy, but it's then we we've we put money into the infrastructure and the process has been left behind. So the the idea that oh we're gonna we're gonna blood academy players, we're gonna bring them through. We want to be a south. We want to be like Southampton. Okay, well how are we gonna mm. do that? Have we invested? in key areas in 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 staff wise and whilst we've got some definite good good people there i think you can throw questions at um the likes of tony skulls and other people who you, you i mean it's not to to <laughs> throw any dirt at their at them or anything and slag them off because i don't know them but you you have to raise a question of are for for what we're trying to achieve are they the best people suitable for the job i i genuinely genuinely don't know um that's what it. That's what it feels like. It feels like in terms of, the, yeah, the process wise, that's what it, we're missing. And the- it's a lot. It's, sorry, it's a it's a lack of joined up thinking, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you talked about the foresight there, and I was going to mention Southampton as as the kind of model club. Now, last season, I think they finished eighth and got to the League Cup final, and we were kind of all looking at them with jealousy. Look, this is a club who've. Uh, followed us into the Premier League if you like they came into the Premier League a few seasons after us they've developed you know world class players through their youth academy they've performed really well in the league played really good football at times they had that Pochettino era where they had you know quality quality players playing for them and yet they this season have uh, joined us in being one of the horrible mess messes of a side but that but I think a lot of fans wanted us to be like that. And but there's like there's the playing staff side, which is one thing. There's the management, and then there's like like you say, Chris. There's the kind of club infrastructure. Where do we want to be as a club? And the academy is a good point because we have the potential now, Stoke, to be a gr- great academy. The facilities are there. I think there are good people working in the academies. People who we know from Twitter who talk about the academy say how well the kids are looked after, how good a footballing education they get there is. But we've had first Pulis and then Hughes who didn't really care about the academy, who didn't, you know, bring players through to the first team, and. You know, it gets to the stage where you're making up stupid hashtags to try and get one of them in the side. <laughs> now, it, and but to bring it back to this season, it's kind of that lack of joined-up thinking that is common across the club as a whole. Because the the Hughes rumours and the Hughes doubts setting a setting a long, long time ago, and but it wasn't until that Coventry game that he was sacked and he was sacked kind of immediately because it, they became definitely untenable after that game. But the, the seed, the seed was planted long before that. And, it, and there didn't seem to be any preparation made for his replacement. We ended up chasing Gary Rowett 
And then we went on a junket to Spain to get Sanchez Flores. And then we got Paul Lambert. I mean, these are three completely different kinds of manager. <laughs> so it, it's again, it there, comes back yeah. to that foresight. What do we actually want? It seems like we're just in favour of, oh, well, we'll just get the best person we can get rather than thinking yeah. strategic, strategically. Sorry. So, yeah, bringing it all back to this season then. We've talked about the board a fair bit there. How much of it is actually down to them and how much of it is the fact that Mark Hughes just had completely run out of ideas? I, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think that the, the the vast majority comes down to the the playing style because and, and Mark Hughes because whilst I do think that the 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 frailties of the board have been under under scrutiny this season. I do think as well that uh, it's one of those things where, where if things went well on the pitch, we wouldn't have the, these these issues. And I think that whilst you can throw some blame at our recruitment, um, replacing the likes of Anatovic with cheap promoting etc., are it's not not a good good thing in hindsight. You have to look back to the season before last as well, and like the there were recurring problems in our playing style that Mark Hughes didn't address. We didn't defend. We didn't do defensive training. Key things that bloody hell, even us as an amateur podcast were pointing out, and it was quite obvious where the problems were. And these were fundamental things that he wasn't changing. Um, so so I yeah, I genuinely think that the vast majority of the issues comes down to the position we find ourselves in uh, in in the league um yeah, i mean it's a, it's a, it's one of those things where you can look at everything can't you and say that it it's both the both board the board and mark Hughes's fault but i do genuinely think that we are mainly in this mess because of mark Hughes not doing defensive training <laughs> yeah I mean, in hindsight, and we were saying it pretty much at the, at the time as well, so it's it's not really that much hindsight, but how much did Marko Anatovic keep Mark Mark Hughes in a job? Like, now that we're here, would we, we wouldn't be here with Marko Anatovic. I'll still, I'll still hold on to that, whatever no. snake tongue he talks. He, I, yeah. He's the match winner for a team like Stoke, and obviously he's been unlucky this season with injuries, but even... Well, when he's come back for West Ham, he's normally, or sort of certainly under Moyes in that in that stint, he was doing well, and and somehow it, he was working hard for Mark Hughes, and he mm-hmm. was he wanted to do well. Um, so, if we didn't have Mark Arnautovic, then would Mark Hughes have lasted so long in a job? Probably not. But then, if we didn't have Mark Arnautovic, then would we already be in the Championship? Who knows? But <laughs> we lost star player. We lost. Um- Bojan, Mark Hughes didn't know what else to do without a man that was able to do that. And obviously Shakiri stepped up to the plate this season. I'm not denying that, but I yeah. think yeah. But I think that's the the main the main issue you you've identified just there is that last season in particular and this season under with Shakiri, but last season Marko and Outovic, <laughs> I feel single handedly dragged us into a position of safety, whereas in previous systems and we've we've spoke on this podcast near, near the beginning of the podcast quite lyrically about how it felt like there was 
almost an identity, a strategy in place for how we were going to play. And it was almost like Mark Hughes got scared of losing and so things reverted and, and yeah, maybe he ran out of ideas and we relied on those singular brilliance of players like Anatovic, players like Shakiri to drag us out of things. Players like Joe Allen, and I think that's why Joe, Joe Allen, when, when he started scoring at the beginning of last season... It was mm. a bloody incredible thing because, like, we we were relying on those individual players yeah. to pull us out, rather th- rather than it being the oh look at how we're playing and yeah yeah mm. yeah from 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 the start of last season we weren't playing well at all he, that that Joe Allen run he he was dragging us out of really poor games against poor sides by popping up with the uh, odd goal. Uh, Interesting that you kind of identified like the lack of defensive training, the lack of just having any kind of a clue at the back is like being our biggest problem. We're now in kind of the opposite situation where Paul Lambert has managed to get some defensive organisation going in the team at last. But looking up front, we've got Shakiri and that's it. And I'm... I wonder if that's kind of just the, like the way Paul Lambert's set the team up that means we're this blunt side, and it's also due to the fact that Mark Hughes has kind of left us with only w- yeah. one decent attacking option, if that's fair. Um, but I think the the ultimate thing about Hughes that we've talked about uh, before, and I've I've kept I've made this point on God knows how many of these podcasts now that he just completely shat himself because we we had that that December 2015 where it was like the best Stoke of my lifetime the absolute pinnacle of how Stoke were able to play football and you thought right okay we're, we're not going to win the league we're not going to finish in the Champions League but what we can do is build on this so that if Onatovic eventually gets poached by someone if Bojan gets an injury if Shakiri gets another injury, then okay, let's sign players with a view to either replacing them, stepping up to the plate, whatever. Let's have a let's have a way of sustaining this. I think that's partly what drove the Imbula signing as well. We were on a real high yeah. when we signed Imbula, and he looked like this really, you know, I think Vieira-esque marauding box-to-box midfield player. And you know, we we can go. We can go for another 20 minutes talking about Gianelli and Bueller. But if you remember his debut, it was against Everton at home. He had a really, really good game, but we lost 3-0. And we got carved open on the counter-attack three times. And I think from then, Hughes kind of just went, right. Rather than hope, like trying to build on the system that had produced such good displays, rather than playing to the strengths of that side, which were Shakiri, Bojan and Artovic, he thought, right, let's see if I can get a team that's a little bit more streetwise. But he wasn't able to do that. And we got instead a mess that wasn't nearly as good going forward, wasn't nearly as good at the back and was just abject in the field as well. So, yeah, deep-rooted problems uh, in terms of management, uh, serious lack of foresight at board board level and yeah as you mentioned Chris bad recruitment just bad recruitment which compounded both really Um, but we'll uh, kind of move ahead to my next question which was can we get out of 
this mess, and will we? Yes, we definitely can. Yes. Will we? Time will tell, because there's no point in us predicting it every week and saying yes or no. <laughs> um, but I'm feeling positive. I mean, yeah, after last week, as you do um, as a football fan, I was like, right, that's it, hope's gone. Let's just give up, Ben. Don't stop being such a twat. You're gonna you're gonna kill yourself before the end of the season. We got we got Man City this week. Obviously, somebody will listen to it after the podcast. But I'm now in this position where I'm expecting us to win against Man City. That's a joke. I'm not expecting us. I'm hoping that we can. I'm I'm seeing back to Jeff's run across the pitch goal. Um, but yeah, looking at West Ham's running and their turmoil now, they look like they're in massive trouble, which is fantastic. Southampton, absolute crap as well. That, but the, the issue is with saying that is that we're crap as well and we, we can't win. So, But it's one of those things where it's almost... I mean, I know other people have compared it to Berahino's run as well and I'm going to do the same. It's And sort of like when Fernando Torres was a bit crap but everyone, whenever he scored, would be like, this is it. This That's what's going to happen with Stoke. If we get a win, say against Everton or maybe against City, maybe that's already happened, then... At that point, it starts to look a lot more positive because then it's like you only need one or two more wins and then you're there. But at this stage, we're on 27 points and whatever, 36 or 37, whatever we need to get, seems a million miles away when we... I literally can't remember when our last win was. I don't know if I'm being an idiot. It was Paul Lambert's first game against Huddersfield. There we go. And that seems ages ago because it was ages ago. So... Let's see what happens, but I don't think Stoke are out of it yet. And, and I'd, I would prefer now, I think, to be... I would, obviously, this is uh, whatever, uh, pointless to say, but I'd prefer to be a Stoke fan in our position than a West Ham fan now. I'd be feeling more scared if I was them, having a look at their fixtures and, and just the whole sort of atmosphere. At least, whatever happens to Stoke, I think a lot of fans will go into every game being like, we can win this and, and let's see where it goes, I think. Maybe that I'm being too generous. I don't know. I, and I, and of course, Dutch Stokey's going to the Everton Everton game next week, so um, there'll be a, an extra sense of positivity in the ground. I, I hope for for his arrival. Well, you'd hope, Chris, you'd hope so. But go, that's on. Him. go on, no, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, what's your uh, overriding emotion at the moment? Is it is it cautious positivity? Is it uh, doom and gloom? Is it just general confusion? It's, I mean, it's always all gen- of them. It's always <laughs> general confusion. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say that I'm feeling doom and gloom about it because we. Uh, it's not like we are cut adrift. We can get out of it, as we've said on occasions, like one win and you're out of the relegation zone. Like it's such a shit league this year that even us, as bad as we've been, can still get out of it with one or two right results and I do think there is room though there are I suppose in in situations like this it's can we see any green shoots of positivity and whilst we have not been good going forward defensively we have looked better under Paul Lambert Um, I think we've got a poor situation where striker wise we are left with not that many people and also they're all shot for confidence aren't they we're in a in a rut and obviously that's this is, this is what happens when you're in a rut your strikers 
they snatch at chances and you rely on the brilliance of a tiny Swiss beautiful man <laughs> um, I think that we can of course we can um, whether we whether we will I don't I don't want to hope and that's the thing I think that's mainly the thing I don't want mm. to hope because that is that is when it will it will hurt so um <laughs> It w- it would be typical Stoke to draw against the likes of Brighton and stuff, and then go and beat Man City tomorrow uh, for the just just to pull us out of it. By the way, I don't really predict that we're going to. I keep Man on City. saying, I keep on saying that. Just typical Stoke. We're gonna do. We oh, we beat City, <laughs> wouldn't we? Typical us. Let's go and do it. I think the thing is though the the positivity, the green shoots of pos- positivity. I think are you'd prefer to have a team that can defend and nick a odd goal than a team that can't defend let in seven and yes. score one if yeah. that makes sense I think we're in a better position Fair. under Lambert that you mm-hmm. we it hasn't happened for us and it's we're bloody unlucky that it hasn't happened for us because of a mistake by Butland because of whatever whatever it has we haven't got a, yeah. a win and it's but it will happen I think yeah. at some point but, but also that stuff the the Jack Butland throwing it in the goal the Charlie Adam <laughs> missed penalty <laughs> That 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 doesn't say we're we're getting there, but we're unlucky. That says to me we're just cursed. Yeah. That, that says to me that the the, the gods are conspiring against. It says us. to me Premier um, League years, Premier League years in oh for, of this season will be like the writing was on the wall for Stoke. Charlie Adam missed the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have that to look forward to. Um, yeah, it seems to be the. It changing every week mm-hmm. now. Every week, a new crisis club is emerging. Every every club there's every week there's a new club. You say, "Oh well, they'll definitely go down now." Look at them; they've just yeah. lost to so and so. West Ham were the club this week, but previously it was Swansea or Huddersfield or us. And so it's, but at the same time, there's also a club every week. You seem to think, "Oh, oh, they've just they're getting out of it now." Like Newcastle got a great result last week. Swansea got a great result the week before. So it's just kind of it's as long as there's enough teams in that kind of rotation, if you like, enough teams that uh, aren't getting properly fully away from the pack, then that's fine. There's a, a couple of teams who have done it. I think Watford and Bournemouth are probably safe, but as long as they keep losing, I'm a happy man. Um, it's I mean, it's so just awfully horrible. Yeah. Like because I find myself now not just supporting Stoke on a weekend. I'm supporting six other sides in the Premier League <laughs> who are playing against the clubs around us. Yeah. And this week, Touchwood has be the results have gone right for us on the whole, really. And it as much as people say we've just got to concentrate on ourselves, we've just got to uh, make sure Stoke get their right results, which is true. We can't ignore results around us because Mm-mm. we could get the right results, but then so could other teams, and I, I don't want the other teams to get those results. Um, but, but will we get? Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm so terrified of answering I, this question. I, I, I go on. Oh, well, I was gonna. I think that the Everton game at home is probably more important than the City game tomorrow, and yeah. that's not to say it's a must-win game, Ben. But it is to say. I, I, I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> I, I think it, it's it's it, high noon. It's one of those game. things where like Everton don't have this good we- record away from home. Sam Allardyce is not going to set them up to do amazingly. 
and it's like, got to be an absolute shit show of a game, isn't the it? Worst game, but you, but we we have more of a chance of pushing and getting something against them than we do against City. The the City get it, it's that Tony Pulis thing of we have so many games. Bonus and game. These, this is a it's a bonus game. If we do something remarkable in City, or we may have. Weren't it great when we beat City and we now are out of the relegation zone, guys? Um, for people listening in the future, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's an awful. But basically, awful... Ev- everyone listening to this podcast post Man City game is thinking, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> they're just <laughs> what, they're either they really frustrated. Yeah, they're either really frustrated because we've won and we're moaning, or they're really frustrated because we've lost and we're and we're tentatively talking about hoping about winning, which is you know <laughs> not what you want to listen to after we've been spanked five <laughs> 0 They did this. They did this in, um, I don't know if either of you, you probably, neither of you did, but um, Five Live did an Ashes podcast with Greg James, and Greg James couldn't make something, so he, as the host, was asking questions about the end of a test match from the past. It was the most bizarre thing, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. Um, the, the thing that's on my mind, and it keeps on coming back, is I don't want to be involved in that final day, like, switching no. oh, from Christ, ground to no. ground, Dear and God, now we no. go... Oh god! I want, and there's been and, a goal uh, at the Liberty Stadium. Yeah, yeah. The, I just want to know after the Palace game, just in a <laughs> yeah. way, just, like, just just give me give me freedom or give me failure on that on that ninety minute mark against Palace. That's all well, I ask for. I, I don't I don't want I don't want to give you like any false hope or anything. But wouldn't it be ace though if we swap places with West Ham? And they were the one. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, we're, the dream. We're, 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 oh, we'll be talking in... about uh, dream relegation candidates in a bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, you just on that final day thing. Um, I'm, I've, I'm decided right now, regardless of whether we're safe or we're not, I'm not going to Swansea on that final day. I'd just uh, <laughs> the thought, the thought of like a five we scrap for one relegation place and being at the ground. Not knowing all the team's results and relying on odd cheers oh. and pe- other people's phones just fills me with absolute dread. I, I, as much as a plastic as I may be, I'd rather just be in front of Sky, just getting the re- <laughs> re- results straight away and just knowing, rather than just like, oh God, so and so's not texting me yet. It's is the three G and the ground working, you know that kind <laughs> of. Honestly, I felt sick when it was it bloody Palace United on oh, Monday. God. I was oh, I was feeling God. ill. I don't know I, how I'm going to feel on the final day of the season if that's if that's the position we're in. Like, what, how do people sort of think about anything else for the entire week before? <laughs> you brought me out in a cold, now. cold sweat. How, how how do like I'm trying to think of a team that's always involved in these relegations. How do like West Brom fans cope? I mean, yeah. they, they probably won't have to bother this season, but yeah, just like the the constant final day, just. Ugh. Good. I remember when we stayed up uh, in the championship against Reading, and that was awful because I think it was us and Grimsby. I want to say who were battling it out, and yeah, just there was back in the days where you brought radios into the ground and stuff. But yeah. that's all changed these days. What with the kids and their twitters, um, and that I'll be on FIFA when when on that final day of the season, just just playing out Swansea v Stoke, Shakiri Patrick or something. Oh, take me home. Um, right, okay. Uh, let's get just quickly uh, run through some positive reasons we'll stay up. Anything you can think of that means Stoke will stay up, just kind of shout them at me. Um, 
West Hammer imploding. Yes. Both Tyrese. On... Yeah. Go on. Tyrese. Tyrese. Marcus Rashford comes off off like from sort of benched and sort of squad status at Man United for the last few weeks. Scores two great goals. Tyrese Campbell, step up to the plate. Mm. You can do it. Yeah. Come on. I I do genuinely think that injured and Shakiri, we have got the best player of the bottom, at least eight sides. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Arnie. Um, but yeah, and he he is probably the most effective match winner in any of those clubs at the bottom. I can't think of a a Huddersfield player, for example, who wins games on his own. I can't think of a Southampton one or a Newcastle one. So there's that. No. Um, Jack Butland's going to st- step up to the plate, I think, now. Yeah. Now's his chance. His, his England career is on it. Is England, Pickford it, it, hasn't, it's, hasn't done it as well as he could have done. Butland, it's your time, mate. It's literally you, your time. You have the England number one shirt and a £40 million move to Liverpool riding on it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, Honestly, but, it's worth but, it. but that is a big thing. Like, his England number one place is genuinely under threat, I think. Um, it's, up, it's up for grabs. I think it's completely open. I wouldn't be surprised if Gareth Southgate is there. Like, I haven't chosen yet. I wouldn't be. Butland, make him choose. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he panics and picks Joe Hart because he can't pick between Pickford and uh, Butland. Um, <laughs> That's game- that if Joe Hart happening. gets into the team from form from. It's literally two seasons ago when he was considered good. For two years, Joe Hart has been considered crap by everyone except for the England manager. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I, I take Butland as one, obviously. Although, if, if, if I think if you did a survey of football fans, I think Pickford would win that survey. Unfairly, yeah. because yeah. Butland has to play in front of a worse defence, or has done this season, play in front of a worse defence. And I think he's a better shot stopper and has he's just got more experience than Pickford anyway. So, yeah, that's my little England uh, sojourn there. Mm. Uh, yeah, my three would be Butland, Pickford and then Nick, Nicky Pope, 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 who I watched come through on loan at York City uh, back in my uni days. And I'm pleased to see how well he's doing. Uh, but yeah, uh, Butland, reason we're staying up. Any other good reasons? The defence is better. The defence is good. I like us now at the back. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know what? Also, I like. I like Paul Lambert. Still, he's made a few decisions yeah. recently that have really kind of wound me up and really confused me. But contrast that to the fucking Hughes and how dispassionate and just kind of predictable he was at the end. At least I know Paul Lambert really gives a shit. Whether it's for his own professional pride or the one million pound rumored. You know, staying up bonus. I don't care. I want. I want him to have all the motivation in the world, and he seems like he has that. Uh, anything else, Juf? I reckon we're going to see at least one more Juf multiple backflip before the Ooh. end of the season. Juf oh. is going to score a big goal. I think. Oh, I like. He's got it in his locker. I like that kind of kind of prediction. He he deserves it for one, and I think he, he's due it. He's due for it. No, Juf will score before the end of the season. And this is this is from a man that said Peter Crouch would never score for Stoke <laughs> oh, no. about a season and a half ago. No. A striker will score a yeah, goal. A striker will score season. a goal. That, that's how outlandish a prediction that was. You have just predicted a steady striker to score a goal. 
Oh dear. Jeff, honestly, he's gonna <laughs> yeah. that tweet where he's like, "I'm not injured for the rest of the season." He's gonna come back against Palace or Swansea and score a goal. I reckon. Yeah. He owes. He he, he is so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> I, I notice um, you didn't say that about Berahino. You don't think Sido's gonna have a big moment before the end of the season? Oh, he'll have a big moment. It just That's won't the be fo- on the football pitch. <laughs> Fair enough. The big moment is his belly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Ben thinks Stoke City's big moment is going to be uh, through Juve. I think, now here's a prediction, our, our big moment of the season will involve Badu and Die. Either a goal Ooh. or a controversial incident in a match that will decide our fate. Badu and Die will be heavily involved. Chris, make another completely random prediction for us. Okay. I think Endai is going to score a screamer. I think that's I'm I'm going out there as like he's again, been slowly like, threatening I'm, I'm, I'm to. On that boat he's with been you. slowly threatening to, hasn't he? Exactly. One of them I, is going to just go ping into. The, it's going to hit the top bins. You know, make make that sound when it hits the bot like the back of the goal. It's like that little springy. Ding. Oh, oh, my favourite type of goal, and it's going to just sail in. We're going to get three points against someone. Thank you. Well, my prediction is a bit of sweet one though. Gone. <laughs> because oh, no. because I <laughs> think probably the one that's coming true. Because, because I think that a player is going to score a screamer that's going to save us, but that player is going to be Charlie Adams. <laughs> I'd rather we went down, Chris. And I'd rather fair. we went down. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be therefore he'll be revered forever, and he's he'll be just going to. There'll be a bloody statue of him outside the ground. I take a, Char- a Charlie Adam goal against Arsenal at the Emirates. 90th minute. Or Spurs. Spurs just, hate him. Just I... to see. Oh, yeah. Spurs. Danny Rose. He tackles Danny Rose. A questionable tackle. Probably should have been a foul. <laughs> Takes Goes his shins out. A bit of a waddle. Smacks it into the top corner. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie Adam. Sorry, Tottenham. You're not going to make the Champions League. Thanks, Charlie. Oh. <laughs> nah, that. Nah, I'm There's your narrative. There's your narrative. <laughs> There's so many narrative opportunities. West Ham, West Ham away. Arnautovic slips. Let's in Shakiri. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's and then there's like a moment like when. Freddie Flintoff goes over to Brett Lee in the Ashes in 2005 oh. with Shakiri sort of picking oh, up Arnautovic going, unlucky, mate. Oh! <laughs> right, okay. That's right. the narrative. That's the one. Can we just get narratives in place now for all these remaining games? <laughs> right, West Ham, Arnautovic slip. Uh, Spurs, Charlie Adam winner. Arsenal, Shawcross winner, late on. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Swansea, Joe Allen, obviously. Obviously. Um, Obviously. Crystal Palace. Wilfred Bonny own goal as Crystal well. Just to... uh, don't think we have any uh, oh, former Palace. We don't there. really have any. M- maybe an ultras mm. uh, flare deflects the uh, ball into the path of the goal or something. Or <laughs> oh, that's where Endai comes oh, in. Yes. Or, or, or maybe just for the Palace one, it's not nothing so like, uh, I don't know, d- massive, but um, Roy Hodgson just reenacts that gif that goes around when he was an England manager where it's like him looking and getting excited and then just <sighs> and looks sight. Maybe it's just a moment like that. Or, in in similar to Roy Hodgson bringing him up, Peter Crouch takes the corner. <laughs> ah. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Endai, it. it goes out to Endai on the edge of the box who just spanks it. Just for... <laughs> Just first Vindicating time. Vindicating no Roy bouncing. Hodgson's decision to put Kane on corners at the Euros. And Roy's kind of, Roy's, yeah, Roy's like, this is what <laughs> I wanted to do, but unfortunately it's come at my expense. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Liverpool, I think that has to be a, a crouch goal as well. So, yeah, yeah, we, we ju- yeah. let's just get all these narratives boxed off. Uh, and, yeah, and then we'll win all our remaining games. Um <laughs> If one of them comes true, I'm going to just yeah. die, die with happiness um, and die. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, I think uh, speaking of our friend Henry, I think Crouchy has to score the winner against Everton. That's true. Yeah. yeah he, he scores it last minute again. All of these are last minute, by the way, if you yeah. didn't already realise. Rips his shirt off, fucking spinning it around his head like a helicopter well, that gives, would, it, gives it to Henry that would be perfect as well because then that would raise the value of our charity auction that, <laughs> yeah. that finishes that finishes on Saturday night just after the Everton game just, so. a, dr- a drunk Stoke fan oh god I love Crouchy so much £2,000 yeah. oh, that, that would be brilliant and he scores landmark goals against Everton as well because of um uh, he scored his 100th goal against Everton and he also scores great goals against Man City so who knows maybe that's the narrative for tomorrow oh yeah, I've just had such a lovely you... time just thinking about that that I'm not going to do my <laughs> next you... thing which was reasons will oh. go down I'm just going to avoid that let's just did move you, did, did, you, did you hear Moritz Bauer's thing about about oh. the Peter Crouch goal where he said if Peter <laughs> Crouch scores another goal like that against Man City he'll just take him home for dinner Oh, <laughs> I want to be mates with Bauer. Can Bauer score as well? Just <laughs> like getting over at Palace. Bo- it was my it was my mum. It was my mum who told me this, and and she followed it up by going, "I mean, is Bauer a particularly good cook or something? Like, is that what he's <laughs> he's renowned for? Is that so? It, it would actually be a treat for Peter Crouch, or is it just like what? What's the point? It's just a nice gesture. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Bauer was talking about the meal. He's talking about the after eights. Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. I have no idea what just happened. I was just going to suggest that um, uh, Bauer, although he doesn't really fit into any one of our narrative games because he doesn't he, he has no history with these Premier League teams but perhaps he can score against Bowernley that would be good <laughs> just thought I'd stop that laughter it was annoying me I like I like it though oh dear me right let's not let's, let's not do the reasons why we're going to go down yeah no <laughs> uh, we know everyone knows the reasons yeah, because we're shit yeah right because <laughs> we're rubbish right um <laughs> Right, uh, who is your dream three to get relegated uh, from the Premier League uh, out of the realistic candidates? I mean, I think we pretty much all have to include West Brom now because I don't think they're they're getting out of it. Sorry, Alan. Oh, how about Alan, everyone? Raise a glass for him. God, I'm (laughs) so bloody relieved we've never had Pardew in our history. I hate that man. He's such an absolute (laughs) chancing fraud. Oh, I, I feel. I actually feel sorry for West Brom fans. That, I uh, I do as well. Actually, I really do. He's such a knobhead as well. 
with his little shit-eating grin. Oh, just can't stand him. <laughs> so he makes up the first spot. Yeah. Or West they Brom. do, not he. West Brom. Yeah. By proxy. It's not It's not even West Brom, it is Alan Pardew. Just Alan Pardew. <laughs> just Alan. Yeah. Um, then my next two are Crystal Palace and West Ham United. No. Uh, oh. Because London clubs, tricky to get to. Uh, I think Crystal Palace fans are full of it. Uh, I don't like them very much. I'm glad Fabric closed down. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like uh, that little shitty stand they stick the away fans in. I think either get a modern stadium or have an old stadium, but don't you know have the stupid midpoint between the two. Um, yeah, you've got outside toilets there and no concourse. It's stupid, and it's it's all really crammed in in these little London side streets. Don't give me that proper stadium nonsense. It's crap. Uh, cheerleaders, sexist. Um, that <laughs> stupid bloody eagle, like your Benfica, that you've got from the local wildlife park. I think that's crap as well. Um, <laughs> Wilfred Zaha never made it at Man U. Bottler. Uh, Hodgson. In Hodgson. Kane on corners, lost to Iceland. And then acted like he had no idea why he'd been sacked. Uh, so him. And also, West Ham. Obvious reasons. Uh Porn Merchants, Karen Brady, uh, Snake Boy, uh, Shite Stadium, uh, Mark Noble, I just I just, just don't like him, uh, Racist Cabbies, yep, um, yep. <laughs> uh, Liquor, Liquor on Pie and Mash, like, just have gravy, you weirdos. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so those Co- are my Cockney rhyming, Cockney rhyming slang as well. Yeah, just call them stairs, grow up. <laughs> I can't disagree so yeah, West with Ham any Palace, West Ham Palace and West Brom are my three do you have any other suggestions or uh, are we happy I'd go personally I'd go with the we're so perfect and everyone loves us Southampton as my third choice instead of Crystal Palace um, as much as as much as I don't like Palace um, I think Roy Hodgson is just like a sort of old man that's quite nice, and I don't. I don't as much as yeah, he's disappointed as he England looks like an owl. That wasn't his fault. He, he looks like an owl. He adds oh. something to the Premier League with his re- facial reactions um, that you'd never get off David Moyes or um, is, who is the manager of Southampton? I don't even know. Um, it's is it Pellegrino? The uh, is it still Pellegrino? The, the pro yeah, pro evolution Pellegrino, the pro evo version of Pellegrini. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't care if they sacked him or not, so I didn't even Google it. Mm. Um, yeah, Southampton, give over. You're obviously not that special. You think you are. You've been shown up. You got bloody too ambitious, overly ambitious. If people were calling Stoke overly ambitious for sacking Mark Hughes. What the fuck does that make Southampton? As you said earlier, finish eighth in the league and you got to a League Cup final and that's not good enough. Claude Puel, fair play. I don't know if that's how you say your name, but you're doing bits at Leicester and I appreciate that because you got let down on a technicality. Um, yeah, and there's only room for one red and white team in the Premier League, in my opinion, anyway. so Yeah, yeah. that's, that's true, yeah. Good. Yeah, re- actually, that's a really good point. We own the copyright on that. Mm. Have you noticed how all the teams uh, down there are striped teams? I'm not claiming conspiracy. Oh, Stoke, Southampton, West Brom, 
Bournemouth, Newcastle, Huddersfield, Brighton. They're all oh in my stripes. Goodness. You've uncovered it. This right, so it's not the board's palace. fault. It's no. In it's fact, look at the, the top... I'm, I'm now looking at the top ten. There is not a single striped team amongst them. Oh, my goodness. This Macron. Is, Someone call Macron. Ridiculous. Quick, this we is, haven't got much time. This is biased. This is just unfair. <laughs> a disgrace. I, sus- I suspect Putin is involved somehow. I <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely is. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um, Let's uh, leave this nonsense and uh, kind of wrap up with some questions from the listeners then. Uh, Henry, Henry, just getting mentions all over the shop here. Uh, Your view on the City match. There's been so much positivity about it on Twitter this week. Do you think Stoke can make the mother of all shocks? Well, Henry, uh, you probably know the result um, by now. So I'm going to say that the result that you've just experienced I completely expected that to happen. <laughs> I think I think we should say yes, no, maybe. Edit the right one in, just for Henry. Why, why would we say? Why would we say maybe and edit that? In? Exactly, exactly. Who knows? I'm not. A, I'm not. But, the, but, the, but the point thinker. of editing it in would be after the event. So after the event, where we maybe. choose to edit in, I'm we should just say maybe. I, well, what if it finishes two one? What if it finishes because Kevin Vibber's gone and stolen the corner flag? Yeah, and the ref it, has it to might not happen. Match. It might not happen. There might oh. be snow. The beast from the west. Snow contract. Um, <laughs> Orphy, how can we make the Atmos even more evil than that game in two thousand and nine? Booing every time they've the ball might prove beyond us. Uh, yeah, uh, I think our lungs would just explode if we tried to boo every time Man City <laughs> the ball. Um, but yeah, how do we get the atmosphere going? I mean, if we can't get the atmosphere going in these final games, then the atmosphere's probably never going to come back because, yeah, we need to be up for it, as do the players, obviously. But, I don't know. Um, clappers? Kevin Vimmer. Drums? Pyrozalers? Now we haven't tried Vuvu's Ailers. It might but be we do it uh, so every time they get the ball, we just blow them, and then <laughs> oh, what? Like the Vuvu's Ailers. <laughs> so every time that that Man oh, City, oh, oh god, <laughs> god Jesus! I mean, I like Kevin De Bruyne, Chris, but fuck it, <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> oh dear me, childish. I don't. Know, I, I don't it, it really. That was childish, Ben. That was I, really I think silly. Kevin. Kevin Vimmer should come onto the pitch pre-game and try to explain why he's justified his wages. That will anger everyone in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, he'll Espe- come out the onto the pitch and, and go, "Hello, London. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be back at White Hart. Wait. <laughs> oh. right. Great win against Bournemouth, everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, finally, a uh, question from Colonel Pedantic. Uh, does everybody back Lambert's tough stance on fitness have other players been boosted by the exclusion of players who clearly aren't putting the work in on the training pitch did the departures of SJW Bardsley and sexual Whelan leave a void in setting standards in training if it did then that's hugely disappointing if the, if 
the only reason why people can run a lot and get fit is because of three players that obviously were hard workers, then there's a severe problem there with your workforce and something should be done by someone in charge, i.e. Mark Hughes, and now Lambert, which is being done. because, And it's a good thing that they're getting excluded. If they can't run hard enough, then get off. That's what I yes. say. Easy yes. answer. That was a difficult question to unpack, and I was struggling to remember what the question actually was, but I think I got there in the end. <laughs> good, good. Um... Yeah, Chris, uh, did was Whelan Walters leaving in hindsight a bad thing? No. I think... I think... Um, no, I think Whelan leaving isn't a bad thing. I think replacing him with Darren Fletcher is. And I think that Walters, as much as I love the guy leaving, wouldn't have been a bad thing if we could have replaced him with someone else. He could have probably still done a, a job for us, but I don't think either of them were particularly of the standard that we required or require now. Mm. Who knows? I'm sure Walters would have been determined, and that's what they would have brought, a bit of determination. And I miss him, especially after all the videos this week that just made me cry. Yeah. What a bloke. Yeah. I know. Yeah, amazing amazing man. Um, I've just been thinking that this episode isn't uh, going to be enjoyed by the people who don't like us laughing very much. <laughs> um well, well uh, yeah, we'll 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 wrap things up, Chris. Um, uh, before we go, shall we uh, talk about the eBay auction? Can you tell us uh, what's been happening? Yeah, so um, thanks to our friend John Sideway. Sideway, how do we say it? Sideway. Sideway. Okay, thanks to John, uh, we managed <laughs> to. Um, he's, he's very kindly organised uh, a signing of. Uh, a print of Peter Crouch's famous goal against Man City signed by Peter Crouch himself we have a certificate of authenticity and everything it's gone on eBay as of Saturday night um, and we are raising money for the Donna Louise Children's Hospice at the moment as I speak we are up to £134 which is uh, a fantastic wow. Like all the money is going to the Donna Louise uh, Children's Hospice we are just wanting to do our bit for the local area Um it's, it is an absolutely worthwhile cause. If you don't know anything about them, I recommend you follow the the link to their website. We've put it up on on the post on Twitter and on Facebook, um, or just Google them because it genuinely, genuinely, absolutely fantastic organisation. Um, but it, it's brilliant that we've got quite a few people interested. Um, it's a one-off piece of merchandise. This isn't it. There's nothing like it in the world. There are um, only like five editions of this print because that's how many the shop accidentally sent me uh, and only <laughs> one of them is print is is signed by peter crouch so yeah it, it, it is it's wonderful that the club were able to help us out with this and it's going to be great that we're going to be able to give some money to a very worthwhile cause auction finishes next saturday at nine o'clock so you can get back from the everton game and after peter crouch has scored that lovely goal you can bid some money to get a, a, a framed print of her, his his famous goal as signed by the man himself so please yeah. please please and even if you right even if you don't have any money and you can't afford to do it if you just share it amongst people because genuinely getting the message out there and getting more people interested will do us the world of good smash it uh ben do you want to talk about who are your pod uh for your app as well uh get some uh free publicity in there Let, uh, tell us what's been happening with it 
Well, I mean, loads happening with it. Um, who are your pod? If you, I'm sure everyone who listens to Wizards or Drivel knows it because we bang on about it, but um, really amazing stuff. We, we, we've had our... Um, well, I've been right working hard on the Oldham episode and that's been checked by your mighty fine self today. So that'll be literally coming out next week. So, yeah, just check out Who Are You. It's on a, both our Twitters or you can just search it. Um, if you don't know how to spell it, then just chant it and then type out what you chant. Um, and that's the right way of spelling it. And yeah, it's great fun. I don't really know what else to say. It's it's a football documentary series that has got loads of exciting things to come as well. Um, an episode on protest clubs, an episode on another exciting club in the championship. I think I'm allowed to reveal that much. And yeah, the World Cup's coming as well. I'm bloody excited. And for those of you who've already listened to it, I'm really grateful. I've, I was feeling really grateful for, for the support. We've got over. We've got nearly 20,000 listens, I think, um, well done. on sort of six episodes, if you consider SoundCloud and an audio boom, which is a very boring detail for the listeners. But that's really <laughs> fucking good, and I'm really happy. So, yeah, check it out if you haven't already, because it's, it's, people like it. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, bid on that print, download that podcast, uh, and stick around with us for the remainder of the season because we are cacking ourselves and uh, <laughs> we use uh, what we consider humour as a coping mechanism so thank you for tolerating us for this past hour and uh, <laughs> go on Stoke <laughs>